Hey, John. Hey, Mathis. <laughs> How are you doing? That was not enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm enthusiastic. What are you talking about? You can't see my body language. If you could see my body language, it'd be enthusiastic. Do you look like one of those little inflatable guys at the car dealership right now? Exactly. Flop all over the place yes. with their arms just in the air. The vertical like, worm. They just don't care. The vertical worm. Yeah. Yeah. What are those Creepy called? Do you it? know? I hope it's not called that. No, I call them the car dealership inflatable men. I feel like people know what you mean. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Did you have a good week? Man, it was a hard week. It was a crazy, crazy stressful week. But there's a lot of exciting things that happened that we get to talk about on the podcast this week. Oh, good. So, yeah. So despite all things, I'm very excited to be here right now and to discuss the many, the many, many events of my life. Great. I mean, that's why we do this. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Um, I had a good week as well, and I do have a story to tell. So here we go. Yes. Okay. So do you remember, it was probably months ago that I told you I was having two moles removed. Do you remember this? Uh, it's okay if you don't. I think so. It's, it's like a vague memory, like almost like a dream. (laughs) Yes. But, but yeah, I kind of do. Okay. Well, there is a very long story that goes along with this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all, I, and I know I know how to make it short. Okay, so but is it going to be better longer? It it'll be as long as it needs to be. But okay, okay. So pretty much, this is my first year of being adult. Okay, like mm-hmm. I have my own insurance, which is very new to, for me, um, and I have um, HMO, which I don't know if anyone out there got HMO, but holla. <laughs> um, but pretty much with an HMO, you have to have a primary care physician. We're going to call that PCP for the um, rest of it because um, it comes in later. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to have a PCP, um, and any time that you want to go to a specialist, you have to go through them first to get a referral. So, like, right. I wanted to see a dermatologist. Um, but with the HMO, since it's the lower insurance, you have to go get a referral through your PCP. So this was back in the second week in January, okay? So okay. this is where we're starting, second week in January. This is almost <laughs> – it's almost right after you left from New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. So it was like a week or so after that, January. We are in April <laughs> now. Okay. So <laughs> so first of all, I should tell you, I had one mole that I really, really wanted to get looked at. And skin cancer runs in my family, so I'm very like – Oh, wow. Um, and I, I'm a very molish person. I have a lot of moles on my body. Um, but there was one in particular that I wanted to get checked. Um, and <laughs> it's on the inside of my butt crack, okay? Oh, my God. Yep, so that's where we are. It's on the inside oh, of my butt no. crack. It's glamorous, let me tell you. Glamorous, Mathis. <laughs> so I knew going into it, it's just going to be uncomfortable for everyone because there's right. there's no good way of being like, I need you to look at this mole. <laughs> it's on the inside of my butt cheek. I will bend over. Ready? <laughs> um, okay, so oh, anyways. No. So I go to my PCP, um, mm-hmm. and I say, I want to see a dermatologist. 
I show her the mole and she was like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna, you know, send you to the I'm gonna send the referral. She was so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um so I was like, Great. Um so they were gonna send um the referral over to this um I don't even want to use its name, but it's like this pseudo kind of hospital in the town next to us. Okay. Okay. It's not really a hospital, but it's like a building that has like a lot of different departments in that you can go to. Um, so, um, they sent the referral over there. Um, and so then I called this place. I'm going to call it, what should I call it? I'll just call it, I'll just call it the hospital, but it's not a hospital, but it's the easiest way to say it. The place that you were just talking about. The, the place where I'm getting my referral to see the dermatologist. Right. Okay. I'm just going to call it the hospital. Okay. Um, so I called the hospital to um, set up an appointment. And when I called them, they said they didn't have any appointments until the end of January or February. I'm sorry. So this was wow. the second week in January. And they're like, we don't have anything until like February 22nd. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, great. Um, and at this point, I just like really want to get it off because – I like I have anxiety with this kind of stuff and mm -hmm. I'm like if this is something like I just want to get it off so that it's not on my body anymore. Um so I so I ended up hanging up with them to call back my PCP because when I was in there the first time they had made kind of a comment that the my doctor does mole removals. Um so I called them back to see if my insurance would just cover them getting removed um, at my PCP place. But mm -hmm. they didn't know, and it was just such a cluster. So I ended up calling the hospital back to schedule. Um, and thankfully, they said that they had a cancellation for that next Thursday. So, um, mm -hmm. or a week or Thursday. It was like January 20-something, and this was like January 14th. So I was like, great, perfect. So I went to the hospital. <laughs> To the, <laughs> this is like when it all starts getting good. So I went to the dermatologist at the hospital. Mm -hmm. First of all, this lady comes in, the doctor, with a SARS mask on. What? So, what? You know, like they when people they have the masks over their faces. Did you say a solder mask? A SARS, because that's just what I think of. Like I think of like the people in China. They wear those masks. Because of the smog and their oh, the SARS. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. else to call them. Surgical masks, essentially. Surgical masks, yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> what it is. Um, so, first of all, she came in like that. She was very – she had terrible bedside manner. She was like <laughs> no emotion. Um, so, essentially, I went in and she did the full body check. And with full body check, they literally check everywhere on your body. <clears throat> everywhere, Mathis. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere <laughs> um so she did like the full body check she said that i should have the one on the inside of my butt removed and then i have one on my groin that she said i should get removed too no yes so anyways she said oh my god no and then mathis this is what she said to me she said um not to wear sunscreen because sunscreen she's like people have liver cancer and we don't know why so don't wear sunscreen <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what? and then she's like, make sure, 
then she asked, do you go in the sun? And I'm like, I mean, sometimes I'm not a vampire. Um, <laughs> and she's like, okay, always wear a shirt. And then she said, don't wear sunscreen. So those are the two things. And then she asked um, how old, because my, my dad had uh, a mole with melanoma, like, several years ago and so she had asked um how old my dad was when he had it and i was like ah blah 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 and then she's like and how old are you and i was like 25 and she's like oh (laughs) and i was like okay you're like what what does that mean um and then towards the end she was like um do you get um lightheaded with like needles and blood and stuff and I was like, I do. And I was going to lie and say I don't um, because then she said that she would not be able to do the mole removal Oh. because in order to get the one off my butt, I was going to have to bend over standing up. <laughs> and, 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 you know, just stand there for God knows how long. And I was like, well, good thing I said no because I would have passed out. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. I know I would have. Um, so she's like, so I'm going to refer you to the general surgeon in the same building. So this hospital has a lot of different sections. So the general Mm -hmm. surgeon is in the same building through the same company. She's like, so I'm going to refer you to him because he will get in that crevice and he'll take it out. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I was like, fine. Like, that's fine. Um, so then the doctor left and the nurse that was in there was like, okay, let's, I'm going to send over a referral. The doctor's going to write up all the details about where the moles are, um, and I'll send over to the referral to the general surgeon um, and, you know, call them on Monday and set up an appointment. This was Thursday. So she's like, they probably won't get it till Friday, or they won't get it tomorrow, so just call Monday. So I was like, okay. Um, So I call on Monday, and they didn't have it. And I was like, okay, whatever, it's Monday. I'll try again tomorrow. I try on Tuesday. They still don't have the referral. And this is in the same building. Granted, <laughs> it's literally downstairs. <laughs> um, You're like, I could have hand-delivered this. Anyways, so I called Wednesday, and they said that the, that derma, dermatology would call me. Um, and when they called, they said that they sent the referral on Tuesday. This was Wednesday. So they're like, oh, yeah, we sent it on Tuesday. So I called back on Thursday and I got hung up on not once, but twice trying to get off hold. So, like, this hospital has a main line that you have to call into every single time. They don't have direct mm-hmm. lines to, like, the different departments. So I oh called into gosh. the main line. They sent me over to, der- uh, to the general surgeon twice. And twice I got hung up on. Like, they would say, hi, this is general surgeon's office. Can we put you on hold? And I said yes. And twice trying to get me off hold, they hung up on me. So I had to call back to the main <laughs> line three times <laughs> three times to actually get a hold of them and when uh... when i finally talked to someone they um they said that they didn't have it and so they called over to dermatology and they said dermatology was working on it as we speak and let me remind you that they said that they had sent it on tuesday and this is thursday and they're like we're working on it as we speak so i'm like lord take me <laughs> It has now been a week, and like wait. So has it left the original department, or is it still being like Mathis, processed? No one week? knows. <laughs> no one knows. So now I call on I call them on Friday. So this has now been a week and one day, and they still do not have it. 
And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so they finally send me over to – they transfer me to dermatology. Then dermatology tells me that they never do internal referrals, so sending it from one department to another within the same building, that I was supposed to have gone back to my PCP doctor to get a referral to the general surgeon. Does that make sense? What? Yeah. Yes. So that they said that they never do internal referrals. So then I was like, so why didn't you just tell me this last Thursday? Like, why this whole week were you uh -huh. saying you were sending over a referral if you guys never do internal referrals? Like, I was so, like, just so confused. I was like, just, you should have told me this last week. Like, what's the deal? So anyways, they're like, uh, you know, I don't know. Why don't we send you out, transfer you up to the referral lady in our office, and she'll figure it out. So they transfer me up to the referral lady, <laughs> and then the answering machine comes on. She's like, blah, 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 this is blah, 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 the referral lady. She's like, um, <laughs> I'm on vacation until next week, so I won't be able to take your calls. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I, like, hung up with them. I called my insurance place, so, like, my main insurance. And I was like, uh -huh. can I do internal referrals on with this insurance? And they said yes. So I called back. <laughs> this is all on Friday still. I called back this this hospital, <laughs> and I was like, my insurance said it was fine to do internal referral. Um, and she's like, you know, I don't know what to do. So they transferred me back to dermatology. Um, and they're like, oh, blah, 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 we'll call your doctor, we'll figure it out. So finally on Friday, I got to make an appointment and for the next month. It, it was one – Oh, it was, my God. The date was one month from when that date where I scheduled it. So this was like February 22nd. It was like March 24th. That was the next one they had. Okay. Oh, my God. So I was – livid first of all because that whole week i was so frustrated and then to hear that i was gonna have to wait another month <laughs> so uh... so then mathis it gets better so then i go in on this march 24th or whatever to the general surgeon and you know they supposedly they got the referral where everything was i was like all right i'm getting them off today <laughs> i go in and the lady's like okay well um so today's kind of the the consultation time, and we'll we'll schedule you again to come in to have them actually removed. And I was like, wait, so I'm not getting them off today? And she's like, oh no, we we always do a consultation appointment first. Oh my and I was gosh. like, you've got to be kidding me! Like, like <laughs> I was just flabbergasted. I was like, I waited. I've been waiting almost two months now. For a consultation. And and I was like, oh, I had no words. So anyways, they had to schedule. I had to schedule another one. Oh, my god! <laughs> and thankfully, this one was only like two weeks. I had to wait two weeks, okay? And I was like, fine. At least it's not a month. Whatever. <sighs> so then, so now we're, I don't even know. Where are we? This was, <laughs> I don't remember. So anyways, I went. So I took off this. The two weeks went by. Um, I took the whole day off work because it was like a two something appointment. Um, at twelve thirty, they called and canceled my appointment. 
And it was at 2 o'clock? Yes, and this was 12.30. I had taken the whole day off work for this, and they oh canceled it. Oh my gosh. And I then, am just, like, face-palming right now. And the lady said, ooh, and the next one we're having, she's like, it's probably not going to be until, like, the third week in April. And I was like, I'm literally going to scream. <laughs> oh my god. I was so frustrated, Mathis. So anyway, she's like, I think she could tell, like, because my voice, like, was breaking almost a little, because I was so frustrated. And she was like, um, but, you know, let me, let me call you back later, and we'll try to see if there's a, another time we could get it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she did not call me back that day. <laughs> um, she did eventually uh, call me back, and I got one for... It was this week. So it was, I think, Tuesday. So finally, on Tuesday of this week, what was the date? April something. I finally went in, and I finally got them off. And let me tell you, it was an experience, Mathis. So I don't even know. I don't know why I'm going to share this, but it's funny. So in order to get the one off of my butt, they had to tape my butt cheeks open. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we're going to use some tape on here to open up the buttocks. And I was like, okay, <laughs> just do you, do you. So anyways, that was an experience. They're off now. That was my um, story. That was a long, long story. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh! But I, I just, I, I don't, I, I still don't have words, and I'm like still shaking from the whole thing. Like right now, just thinking back to everything, I'm like shaking. <sighs> oh my gosh! That's so terrible. That's so insane to think that for the entire time that we've been doing this podcast thus far, you've been living with the stress of the moles yes, on your body. I have. And that's okay. Wow. But here's the thing that got me. I was like, if I actually did have like skin cancer, you are this place is now prolonging this thing, this possible cancerous cells. They are prolonging it almost three months. And I'm like, if this was serious, that's a long time. <laughs> that is quite a long time. Yeah. Where it could like substantially get worse. And so that's what was frustrating me. I was like, if there is something wrong. Like, I, I don't want it on my body still. So anyways, that's what was frustrating. <laughs> I believe that if you got drunk enough one night and you were pissed off enough, you might attack them yourself. Oh my gosh, I would have. Like, it got... You're like, screw it, I'm gonna die if I don't take these off. It literally got so comical towards the end. Like, I was just waiting to come in this week and then be like, you know, we just can't do it. <laughs> and you're like, why? And they're like... Well, the universe isn't in your face. We don't like as you. As you've already seen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would have been like, I get it, you know? I get it. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. So. John, my my heart goes out to you with that. That is terrible. Thank you. Screw the healthcare system. It's so it's bad. It's so bad. It's <sighs> ah, so terrible. I hope that. We have, like, an influx of new listeners this week, and they just go, like, oh, what's this show? Yeah, and, and then they, they click it, they, and then they hear for the first 15 minutes <laughs> you talking about the pole on the inside I, of my butt. cheek. It, 
you know, we can cut it if we figure at the end it's too oh, much. Oh no, no, I think it's I think it's great. When we started this podcast, you're we like, let's just. Try but here's to be the as thing: I've been waiting so long to tell this story. Really? Well, I mean, you, I, you knew you were gonna tell it. Well, I knew I was gonna bring up when I actually got them removed. Because either way, I had a mole on the inside of my butt cheek. Like, so I was gonna say, like, oh, I actually I may but, not have brought it up, but. I was always That's already funny. It was always like, going to be a story, but then it just uh-huh. kept getting prolonged. <laughs> the story continued. <laughs> like So anyways, <laughs> I'm like shaking. Sorry. Okay, well you just need you need to calm down. I have to because... drink my LaCroix. Yeah. Drink your LaCroix and then take a chill pill. <sighs> I'm just... It's over now. It is. So Your butt and groin are so safe. They're so safe. And he's like <laughs> It, they, the the doctor was funny. I'll give him that because he's like, <laughs> I guess they have some type of like heated scalpel thing or whatever. He's like, if you smell burning flesh, it's just your buttocks. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. I'm sure everyone's so bored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people might be fascinated. I hope so. If any, what? if anyone so, has any mold or. Yeah, moles on their butts. I can give you all the deeds. Now they know that it's not weird. They just need to take right. care of it. Yeah, just just go in. It'll only take three months. <laughs> yeah. The surgery, it is a three-month surgery if you take in all the processing time. Yes. So wait, it was your PCP who was uncomfortable whenever you got diagnosed, right? Uh, Yes, but it wasn't even my main doctor. It was like this other random lady, so... Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, how dare them be uncomfortable when they're the primary caregiver? <laughs> right? That's not even fair. I'm the one who should be uncomfortable. You're literally looking at my anus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just had to I had to throw that out there. Now we can move on. Please. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't even know where to go now. That is just crazy yep so you want to talk some cultural stuff yes all right um what to start with uh what do we do okay let's do the big one oh um yes you want to go big one first yes all right so if you live under a rock and i have to tell you this i'm gonna say it just in case um the new Star Wars trailer is out. Star Wars Rogue One. Um, and we're going to talk about it because we we really haven't talked about it hardly any at all yet. But I'm pretty sure that we're both very pumped and excited after seeing this trailer. I'm super pumped. Um, I guess... I don't even know where to go with it. What 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 could we I don't, possibly start with? Well, I just the the tone of it was so different than I'd ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Just the trailer. Yes. Like but it was such a good tone. And I don't even know how to describe it, but it was so different. It was um it was so modern. Like it was such it a was. contemporary film and as it was very modern J part one, you know. I felt that. Yeah, I actually um I'll get back to that in a second because there's an interesting little critique about the trailer with that. But um, I was telling somebody 
uh, I'm. It felt like watching a trailer for a Ridley Scott film. Like it was just like watching his version of sci-fi, and like springboarding off of that, it is such a similar trailer to Prometheus. Like everything about the tone, the pacing, the cutting of it is so Prometheus-like. Even down to that, like the that diegetic use of the sound effect in the world. Yes. Like, like the alarm of I love when that happens in trailers. It's in the Prometheus movie. Yeah, I, I do too. And you know, like Star Wars is so like close close to home that when that noise went off, I was like, Oh, I know that noise so well, you know, it just like filled me with so much like this is this is a Star Wars movie. What's really um weird about it is that it feels like a fan film to me and I don't think that you can ever get away from it. Like, it's just that the fans have already, like, opened up this can of worms, like, outside of the main series. And there's so many, like, good attempts at fan films that this just feels like a very, very high-budgeted fan film. And not, I don't think it's, like, a bad thing, but it's just, it's just very interesting. And, you know, like, being outside of the main saga is just already, like, a very expanded universe, like, fandom sort of thing. Um, I was I was looking, because, like, what you said, the tone is so, like, so vastly different. So I started looking at what Gareth Edwards had been saying, who, by the way, like, you can tell that it is a Gareth Edwards movie if you've seen Godzilla, which, which I loved, and you liked a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's such it feels so much like Godzilla because he's so good at worlds and he's so good at trailers. Like the atmosphere is great. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at I wanted to look into like what his quotes were about the tone and he was saying like um he ma- he made a really interesting quote that I was like that's really that's really really fascinating. He said that um, this this is actually going to be a war film. Like, although um, Star Wars is called Star Wars, none of the movies are really war films. And he was like, I really want this to be about war, and I don't want there to be black and white. I want everything to be gray. You don't know who's good, and you don't know who's bad, which is a very Ooh. anti-Star Wars thing. Like, Star Wars is all about the clean-cut good right. versus evil. Um, and then the next thing he said was... It's a story where there is no God, and you have to save yourself oh. if you're going to, like, make things better. And I was like, that's so interesting that he would say it that way. Like, why would he use the words, there is no God? And then I started thinking about it, and the, like, romanticism and the mysticism of Star Wars is that, like, there's just this huge, overbearing spirituality that is just yep. all going on. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see possibly, like, a use of the Force at the end, and that's it. Like, this is... Because, you, you know, there's, like, there's no Jedi. Right. Everything... This is the darkest part of the universe. Like, this is when everything is at its very lowest, after the fall of, you know, the Republic. And there is there is no hope, and there is no romanticized mysticism. Like, all of that stuff is gone. And... That's just like, that's just so exciting. What was, 
did you didn't you feel like there was just so many like money shots in the trailer? So many. Like, a lot with uh Ben what's his face? Metal Metalson? I don't know what his name is. Oh yeah, those shots were great. He looks great. I'm excited did for him. Did you have a did you have a favorite shot in the trailer? Um I like when the the Ben character is walking through the water and his yeah. and his cape's like just flowing. Well the the costumes, every costume yeah. in it was amazing. Like I agree. It it looks better than The Force Awakens. Yeah, it's just so different. That's why I'm so excited. Yeah, it just grabs your attention. Like in in not a in not an emotional way, like um not in an emotional way like Force Awakens does, you know, in a very mm-hmm. like just powerful really I mean, but it's not it's not dreadful. It's not dour, you know. It's just No. It just feels like a really hard place. Were you going to say something? Uh no. Did you have something else? Um I would like I think that the last two shots of the trailer are mm-hmm. incredible. Like the second to last one is that steady cam shot running down like that like uh naturey scene and there's just people like shooting guns up in the air and the camera flies up and you see those like AT-ATs like, yeah. shooting like right past the camera. Yeah. I was like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's coming back to that like contemporary feeling cinema thing. Like it just looks like a war film with like Star Wars technology. And then you get that that last shot is so great with the the light beams coming on around her and she's just in that like Felicity Jones character is in that like sleek black armor. And I just yes. think that that's such that's such a good zinger because it's I was reading an article about this and they were like that's kind of alluding to like she she might be giving her life for what's going to happen in this movie. Like, she's she's obviously about to do something that is putting her literally, like, in the mouth of the beast. Like, she's going into it, and it's just such a, like, such a powerful image. And then to just get the, um... There's a similar moment in Empire Strikes Back where those lights, like, come on and show Luke and... And just to, like, also be kind of referencing that in a way, I was like, oh, my God, this is this is so great. Like, this is – I don't know. I was just – How many years uh, in the past is it from The Force Awakens? Do you know? How many years past uh, Return of the Jedi? Well, just, like, do you know, like, the math from, like, where Force Awakens is and where this one is? How many years – well, I believe that The Force Awakens takes place um, 30 years after Return of the Jedi, and that Rogue One takes place... They haven't been super... Uh, they haven't been super detailed about it, but I'm going to guess it takes place probably a few years before Luke is born. Okay. Because yeah. I, I hate that people are trying to, like bring it to the force awakens but like i kept saying oh is this ray's mom and right yeah i get so frustrated only because i don't want everything to connect not so much so that it's annoying like like especially since this is such like a separate thing from star wars like it's yeah it's part of the same universe but they want it to be separate like i want it to be separate like obviously i want some things to connect but not so much so that this lady is going to be Ray's mom. Like, I don't want her character to be diminished by that. 
Right. And I, I just so, hate I hate that um the minute I saw that theory on the internet, I just rolled my eyes so hard. I did hard. too. I was like, if this is true, like I'm going to be so angry at this movie. Me too. Even if it's a great movie. And I I think that currently what well, the really ironic thing about how big the Star Wars universe is is that they constantly make it feel so small. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're either a Solo or a Skywalker, right? Because everybody is. Yeah. Like, that's it's so annoying. And when I first saw the trailer, I was like, there are no people that I know here. This is what I want. And then immediately that theory was out, mm-hmm. and I was like. That is exactly the opposite of what I want when I watch this trailer. I don't want her. And what I'm scared about is I could see that happening. I I mean, it could very well happen, and I would be, I'd be pretty upset. I I can't lie. I would too. What is what does kind of like bug me a little bit is that she's so similar to Ray in the way that they set her up. It's like. Oh, you don't have any family. Oh, the rebels come along and they grab you and you become a part of their team. And I was like, you've already seen this. But um, the Hollywood Reporter wrote about the trailer and they said, like, that is a great idea if they show how vastly different she is from Rey. And sort of like, a, like, here's two different ways to solve a conflict sort of thing. Like, if Jen or whatever her name is, if she ends up dying... To, to find the Death Star plans and to, like, save mm-hmm. save the good guys. Like, that is so... I'd much rather her die. Right, and I keep getting this feeling that she's going to die, and I just... I would be so happy if she died. The thing about this movie <laughs> is that all of the characters are expendable because this is a prequel. Yes. You know? Like, everybody can die, and it doesn't matter. And I think it's the type of movie where it's like... The point, they're trying to show how life or death their mission is, and if they die, it does make it seem more heroic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like how much Felicity Jones' character feels like Ray, but coming back to the Mockingjay thing, um, a friend of mine was like, she feels so much like Katniss mm-hmm. as well. She and looks like, like Katniss, too. She does, yeah. And I was like, I kind of hate that, too. I do, too. I just, I don't want Star Wars to become the young adult fair that is in Hollywood right now. And if it starts crossing that grounds with this movie, I would be really, I would be really bummed out. Just because I, it, it shouldn't probably be will, though. I know. It probably will, though. A, because it's Disney. And B, they want it to, you know, appeal to the younger audience, too. So, I, well, I hope it's just on like a surfacey level, like it's yeah, just I do too. Sort of like as much as we've seen, and the whole nihilism of what Gareth Edwards was like going for with the movie, sort of makes me feel like yeah, this can't be like Mockingjay because he's already set out not to be anything like that. So, fingers crossed on that. I really yeah, I really don't want it. Did you? What did you think of the rest of the cast, like the glimpses that you saw? I think it looks great. It's very eth- eth- ethnically diverse. Ethnically. That's a really hard word. Yeah, it was. Um, it's almost weird, too, because like when Diego Luna, the, uh-huh. the Spanish guy, shows up, you're just sort of like, there are no Spanish people in Star Wars. Like, that's 
That's just like my subconscious thought because of how much I've seen it. So I'm like, why do you look different? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, it's because this is not, this is not uh, familiar. Yeah. You know, having seen seven movies now, like, you know, what is familiar. Which it's almost sad that it's taken seven movies for them to. Oh, for sure. Get a little diversity. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the cast looks great. I mean, I'm. They're all great actors. None of them so. are, yeah, none of them are too, like, mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Felicity, she's had some recognition, but I think to the general public, they really don't know her too well. Um, so. Not not the way that they're about to know her, that's for sure. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do want to say, though, if... I'm just praying to God that this is the last Death Star that we have. That's that's what I was thinking too. I'm so over the Death Star. Yeah, it's just like um what was I going to Oh, like going into this movie, when they announced what it was about, I was like, you already like put a pin in my side because it's about the Death Star. Like, yeah. I just don't want to hear about it. And I think the I don't one either. I th- you know what I think it would be okay, though? If you took the Death Star out of Return of the Jedi, I think that having Starkiller base in Force Awakens and having this movie would be okay. Because I think... You know what I mean? Because it's like... In the original trilogy, you have two Death Stars, which is already like... If you just look at the original trilogy before anything else came out, it's like... Wow, they use the same device in both movies. That's kind of like repetitive. Um, and then you get Force Awakens, which is a runoff of the original trilogy, and then they use the exact same thing. And everybody's a little bent out of shape about that. They're like, we already saw it one more time than we wanted to. And then you have them saying, like, and this is how they build the Death Star in the next one. And it's like. What? Like, stop it. But I think that if you had one Death Star in the original trilogy, and then you had Starkiller Base, and you were like, oh, wow, they perfected it over the past 40 years. Like, they figured out how to, like, make it better. And then you had a movie where it was like, and this is how they built the first one. It's it's very, like, less heavy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm... As much as I'm, like, over it, when they showed the Death Star getting put together, I still did get really nerdy about it. Oh, I didn't. (laughs) I was so over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's such a good reveal. Like, the sun hits it, and the Star Destroyer is flying into frame, and it's just illuminating it, and then they do that punch-out shot, and they Mm -mm. put the little thing in the Mm -mm. bulb, and, okay, well, I'm also, like, a ginormous Star Wars fan, and you like it, you know? Right. But yeah, I hope that I hope that this is the end of the Death Stars. We we can only hope. It's our new it's hope. Taken me, yeah, exactly. It's taken me so long to remember the name of this movie. Like I just called it the Death Star Star Wars movie, and now oh, really? that the trailer's out, I'm like, okay, it's Rogue One. Like you've made an impression. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, really. Did you see the poster they released today? No. So it's it's just it's all black and then it's got the title in the middle and it has this like rusted gold finish to it and it just looks so appropriate for like what this is. Oh. I just saw it and I was like, did you find it just now? No. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it just seems it just seems so like it's appreciated whenever they're trying when they're trying something so familiar with the new movies outside of this one right now. And then you see this and you're like, oh, they're not they're not pulling too hard. Um and I did I was like looking at a bunch of critique on the internet and people were like it still feels too much like a Star Wars movie. Like, it doesn't feel any different. And I was like, I think if you... If you... Like, granted, there's stormtroopers there. And granted, you hear the Star Wars theme. And granted, you see the Death Star. But I think if you, like, look past that stuff, it's like... It's not like what they... Like, what people have seen. And I think that it's just... It's just selling it short so quickly if you're like, this just looks like another Star Wars film. Right. But even if it is, it's still, it'll still be good. I mean, Star Wars never really disappoints. Well, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I doubt we will ever have a bad Star Wars movie, at least for a really long time. <clears throat> Hopefully, but we should move on. I think we just we are one last note about it. We are immediately seeing what Disney was saying that there would be a new Star Wars film every year. And it's it's absolutely nuts to me that this movie is coming out at the end of this year. Like this this whole franchise is a is going to be crazy. There's going to be so many of these movies. Like there's almost already two new Star Wars movies out. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is gonna be nuts. It's big. It's it's Death Star big. Totally. Anyways, yes, we can move on now. I'm just, I'm very excited. I don't think I'm going to watch the the next trailer for it. The, yeah. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out for the Saga films if I'm going to watch the trailers, but but I definitely had to watch this trailer. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I didn't know if you were going to, so. <laughs> as, as should be confusing, or at least uh, wondered. Yes. Yes. Okay, so your turn. Um, I quickly want to talk about Walking Dead because it had its season oh, finale right. this past People week. People were upset. Girl, don't even get me started. Are you one of them? Yes. Oh, they no. made such a poor decision. Such a poor decision. And you realize every time or every other time we talk about Walking Dead, I keep you I keep much giving the them grace. Sentence. Uh, yes, because I thought I thought that they would actually deliver on a season finale. Like I'm fine with mid-season finales disappointing, but you cannot disappoint on a season finale. And let me tell you why. Okay, so in the I'm not going to give any like spoilers with any like character names or anything. But in the mid-season finale, there was it was everything was boiling up. You know, they're living in this kind of neighborhood. And zombies had come in, and they were going to pretty much do, like, this line walk out through the zombies by putting on, like, the gut clothes so that they couldn't be smelled. Um, Mm. And if you read the comics, you know that something really, really bad happens when they do that. Um, So you know that it's boiling up to something, and you think that in the mid-season finale, they're going to end it with the massacre, essentially. Um, So... You see them walk out of the house, seconds away from Massacre, 
and they end it with them walking out of the house with no death. Was that the mid-season or the season? That was the mid-season. So that was in November, okay? okay? I was upset with that. But I was like, okay, whatever. It's mid-season. It'll be fine. Then, this whole second half of the season has been leading up to this new character, Negan. He's like the new main villain. Um, Mm -hmm. In the comics, when he is revealed, he full-on, like, destroys a character. Um, Now, granted, I don't think they're going to actually kill the character that was in the comics. um, Mm -hmm. But it was all leading up to this, this pinnacle where... This a character was gonna die. A beloved character was gonna die, and they even like, um, in like the trailers for it, they're like, someone will die. Um, so in the season finale, you have all of the main characters. They're all. This is kind of a spoiler, but not really. Um, they're all kind of lined up before Negan on their knees. Like it's so intense. It's a great, great scene. You know, he's mm-hmm. debating who he's going to kill. And as an audience member, you don't know either, even if you've read the comics, because they change it up so much. So it's so intense, your heart's racing, and then mm-hmm. it ends with this Negan character killing the this character, but they show it from the character's point of view, so you don't know who the character is. So essentially, yes, someone oh, okay. died, but the like you're there's no resolution. Like, as an audience member, you need to know who it is. And it's a decision they made, I get it, but it's the wrong one with the season that they've had. They keep doing this where they they like build it up and they tell you they're going to do something, and then they don't follow through. And it's just so frustrating, and nothing happens. It's just, ugh, I'm just so frustrated. It's... They think that they can get away with yanking your chain. They're like, well, yes. they'll always keep coming back for it, and it's not true. <laughs> they will not always keep coming back. Well, The audience doesn't want to be yanked around. And I, it's fine getting yanked around for a little bit, but they can't keep taking advantage of us like that. And right. it's just, especially when they've been building this up for so long. Uh, I don't know if there's true. any Walking That's Dead fans true. out there, but everyone's upset. And no one knows who it is. <laughs> and I guess that's what they want. They want you to talk about it. They want you to be like, who is it? But the thing is, we shouldn't have to ask those questions. It was a season finale. You have to deliver. <sighs> right. Especially when the, <laughs> well, so especially when the whole <sighs> episode, nothing happens. You know, you can... Which is most It's of okay if nothing happens. And then at the, yeah, and it's okay if nothing happens in the episode, and then at the end, something big happens. You can forgive it. But when nothing happens at the episode, and then nothing happens at the end, you can't forgive it. And they did that with the mid-season finale. I just think that The Walking Dead is just not well made. I feel like so many people have stopped watching it, me it's, included. It's definitely gone and, downhill. Yeah, and I just think that they just have no drive as a show. Well, and they're deviating from the the original content. Quite a bit, which is fine because it's an adaptation, but I think they got kind of confused with their own adaptation, and they they really I, – I just think they're lost because <laughs> it, it's such good content that they have to come from, and they don't use it. So 
I have a really I have a really good little snippet on adaptation that we're gonna get to later, but I just think Yeah, we can move on. I that just that was a, a really good tease that I'm just gonna throw it in there real quick. I know some people that listen watch The Walking Dead and I know we're all frustrated. Right. I figured there there were people who watched So Yeah, this is why I stopped. I was like I just and don't I get wanna it. be manipulated. But now a boring it, show. And I hate that I want to know who it is that died. But now I have to wait six months. It's almost as long as getting my mole removed. <laughs> I can't do it again. I can't live with this anxiety. Oh my gosh. What a what a bunch of jerks. It is. Okay, your turn. Okay, um Shirley's Theron is the new villain for Fast and the Furious Oh, I saw, I know I saw. Thoughts? I love her. But this this franchise is not it's not my fave. Um, I get I get it okay. like I get I get the whole franchise of the Fast and Furious movies. I get they're just kind of fun. They're not really realistic, and they know that, and they're just having fun. Um, and I can appreciate that in some sense, but it just doesn't know when to stop. That's the problem. Like we're on eight Fast and Furious movies. Well, Eight. you know they're they're in a ten picture deal, right? Yes. The actors. Yes, and that's that's what gets me. Like, yikes! I don't because they're not even that good. That's the thing. They're so right. Which and, I I mean I I get it. I do, but I'm happy that they got someone like Charlize to kind of come in because they kind of need a little boost with someone new. Um, but yeah, I mean. I will preface this by saying the chances of me watching this movie are super duper low, uh-huh. but I think that Charlize Theron has proved herself as a fun caricature actor, you know? Yeah. Like, she really jumps in roles like this and just explodes. Like, she's really, really good at this stuff, and I think that she's going to make a really yeah great villain. And hopefully but, it carries I mean, over. Like, Yeah, exactly. But like you said, I mean, I, I probably... I won't watch this. And I mean, honestly, I actually kind of enjoyed the last one. It was, it was. Yeah, I didn't watch it though. (laughs) It's just the the thing where you're kind of like, oh yeah, this isn't real, is when the car goes through three skyscrapers, (laughs) like (laughs) like it drives out of one skyscraper into another, and then out of that one and into another. You're like, okay, I see where we are. But I think that this is why people show up for the I movie. think so, too, and I do understand that. Um, and I, I mean, but you have to admit that the cars going out of the plane is cool. Like, that's a good idea. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it it's, is. It's the building one that's a little, like, this is Michael Bay, okay. this is right. Transformers. Uh, <laughs> you kind of just laugh. And it's fine. Right. And I think they want you to. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, you guys are doing exactly what you wanted to do. And they make so much money. So good for them. They do. Good yeah. for good for you, Glen Coco. Good for you. <laughs> I think that I think that Shirley's is a great pick. And I, I do think too. That she's gonna play really well with the rest of the cast, so I bet they're paying her bank. <laughs> I bet they are too. Speaking of uh Charlize Theron, it wasn't until just this week that I I have finally, like, solidified, like, clarified for myself, okay, the new Huntsman movie is a prequel. Like, I had no idea. Oh, like, I didn't time... either. Yeah, it's a prequel. And oh. I, every time you watch the trailer, you're like, is this afterwards or before? I can't tell at all. Uh-huh. And then I saw a tagline, and it was like, the story before Snow White. And I was like, see, why didn't you tell me that four months ago? I literally 
had no idea. Yeah, when I first saw that 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 this was happening, I wasn't excited. Uh-huh. But then when I saw the trailer, I was like, I don't hate this. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's that's not the worst. A, this looks kind of. I fun. love Emily Blunt, so she's the she kind of sold it right. for me. And I love Charlize. I can right. leave her or take her leave Chris Hemsworth, but you know. Yeah. Kristen Stewart, I, I'll leave if she turns up, but. I think what's kind of um, the the thing is is I thought that the last one would be bad, and then I red boxed it by chance, and I I had a really fun time. So then watching this these trailers, I was like, this looks like the exact same kind of movie, mm-hmm. and I think that I would red box this on a lonely Friday night and watch this one as well. I ain't gonna lie, I would pay money to see it. So you'd go see it in theaters. Yeah, I'd see pretty much anything in theater, so I. You will see more than I will. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't. There's rarely anything where if someone asks me to go see it, I'll say no. Yeah, I don't get asked to go to movies a lot, so that's probably why <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to. I don't go to as many like ah eh, sure <laughs> films. <laughs> like I guess. I mean, I go to movies by myself though, so. And I love I do it. Sometimes too. And I yeah. love it. So. I love it too. A lot of people can't do it, but. It's fun. It's it can be fun. Right. You can focus a lot better when you're by yourself in a movie. There's like stuff I feel like I miss when I see movies in groups. Oh really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't I don't know. You too busy canoodling? <laughs> no, I'm not canoodling. Math I'm just is. like I'm just like what did they drop? You know, like what are they talking about? Stop talking. I don't know. I just have issues, I think. Do you need a tissue for your issue? <laughs> Probably. Oh, that got Send real. Send one over. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to bring up Game of Thrones for one reason. Okay. Well, actually, one reason and then a side reason. My side reason is I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. My uh, main reason is because HBO is still trying to say Jon Snow's dead. And no, they're not. Yeah, Mathis, I just saw a new thing where it says HBO s- it confirms <laughs> Jon Snow is dead. Like, I saw this. No, this... they did. What? Okay. They, they they are on this boat where they oh keep gosh. trying to sell this idea that Jon Snow is dead. And everyone knows that he's going to come back in some way. Like, no. But I feel like they're playing both sides because there's, Mm-mm. like, posters – all over L.A. with him on the poster. No, but Mathis, just... everyone has one of those posters. That's the thing. Like, everyone, every character has, like, a dead face photo. But it's it's not, like, it's not the, like, the head photo. It's not, like, the new... Is it the one where Jon Snow's to the side and blood's coming down? Yeah. yeah. Not everybody has one of those. No, you're right. That's... I thought you were talking about the... The many. No, no, not the not those. I think that that's a very specific indicator that like the the dead are rising. You know, like yeah, he's coming back. Which and that's, that's put what, out by HBO. Yes, and I do think that's what will happen. I just I don't like that they're so they're so hard on selling that he's dead. And I know that they're going to be like, well, he is technically dead. <laughs> you yeah, know exactly. And it's like stop playing this game. Like you don't have to confirm it. But stop trying so hard to convince us, because no one believes you. <laughs> and I mean, if no one believes you, if, shut up. If HBO. he actually is dead, then I mean, I'll be very surprised, um, and then I'll apologize. Upset. But 
I I really do not think he's dead at all. So I don't think that anybody believed he was dead for ten minutes. Like after ten minutes after that season finale, I think people were like, "Well, oh, he's not dead." Well, like it was not that he's not dead, but that he won't come back. Because I do think he died. Right, exactly. I do yeah, think no, he, died. he did die. But I, I correct myself. He did die. But but he's totally coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> Come on, guys. Speaking speaking of Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones spoilers, yes. we will be talking in-depthly about each episode after it comes out. And I don't know how we're going to handle the spoilers yet. We haven't quite decided. Case, yeah, the, yeah, in case we haven't figured it out, you should be watching Game of Thrones before you listen to our podcast. Yeah. When they start coming out. Right. But hopefully we figure out a way to like... Well, that's going to be hard, too, because then... Well, we can talk about that after, because it's on Sundays. So, ooh. Uh, That's true. Well, maybe we'll just give them a lot of time to watch it then, you know? Yeah. Oh, that would actually be better, because then there's less time for spoiler, or more time to not spoil something. It gives everyone time. You know? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that, we'll talk about it, bad. guys. Don't worry. You can you can tweet us if you have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to figure out how to handle it. But it's just, it would be such... It would be such a lack of great conversation not to talk spoilers for this season. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I'm not coming. I'm not coming from a good place for this season, but I'm going to watch it. Oh, I'm so pumped. Like it's. I know you are. And the way that you feel about The Walking Dead, I feel to a slightly lesser degree with the last season of Game of Thrones. Like, I, I feel like I got my chain yanked and nothing n- happened. No, it's... No, it's so different than Walking Dead. We cannot compare. <laughs> I, I understand your analogy. We cannot compare. I understand your analogy, but if you only no, watch I said, the season I said of a Walking Dead, degree, though. Yes. I said a lesser degree. I know. I think that Game of Thrones is still a well, yeah, like a well-produced show. I just think that this past season, I was like, can you just give me something else to nibble on? Because people have been talking about doing stuff this whole season and have not done it. I thought there were little nipples, you know? I nibbled a little bit. There's, right, there's, there's like, three little nibbles in there, but then if you look at, like, season one through four, they're just, like, chock full of things that are going on. Yeah. I just hope that they, like, see the feedback of the last season, and they're like, uh, let's, let's just change a little bit. Like, we can give a little bit more. We don't have to constantly tease or hold back and i wonder if they were kind of doing it because they were like we're running out of source material you know right they were probably wondering if you know george was gonna actually publish the new book yeah so there, that may have been part of it and now now that that it's not they're like okay <laughs> they're like let's just go in guns a blazing and make our own and decisions. i think they will and that's why i'm kind of really excited for it right so the my hope would be that Seasons one through four are great because they had everything they needed and they pick and chose and they like mix it up and they made it work. The fifth one, they kind of had that cold feet going where it's like we're kind of in like a middle ground right now where we have some material, but we're also going to run into the end with this season. Mm -hmm. And then I'm hoping that with the next season, they're like, all right, we can do whatever we want to do. We basically know how things are going to go because George R.R. Martin has told us. So let's just let's just do our own thing. Yeah. And, and be true to the the material. Yep, they're gonna do it. I believe it. 
I, I'm hoping because I wasn't sure if I was gonna watch all of it, and now because of this podcast, I'm gonna watch all of it. So you, the I'm people, like, you better did be. It. Yep. You, the <laughs> you people, better be delivering. Um. Yeah. What else you got? Or do you want to talk about your thing this week? Um. I will in a second. Did you see American Idols off? I mean, of course you saw American Idols off. Yes, and I actually like. Re- I fast forward through the finale. Is that what? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was it was something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was a really weird thing because it was like the finale was a big deal. Yeah, people were posting about it on all social media, and I've literally seen maybe ten American Idol episodes in my life tops. So it's very weird to me just to see this like this heartfelt bittersweet reaction from everybody, and the reason is is because it was really big for my like middle school high school years but all of those were in Europe and all of it had a latency of getting there so it's like none of it was live you know people didn't vote it was on at like weird hours it was like it just was a completely like cut off cultural phenomenon for me like i knew a handful of people that watched it which i have gathered is not the case that it was for for most people when it was in those years, you know, Mm -hmm. it was huge. Yeah, it was. It's just very weird. I'm, I'm glad it's over. They, they could not, I was just about to say that I was like, yeah, it should be over. Well, they couldn't find their, their, their thing. They kept changing it up so much towards the end. Like, yeah, for the past five years, they've been like redefining it, re, and it just hasn't worked, and it didn't work this year either. I watched some of it, and it it still didn't work. So I'm maybe in a few years if they get their stuff together and they figure it out, it can come back. But I'm glad it's over because I mean, and the person who won, I'm gonna be honest, like I I think people are gonna forget about him, and I think that's what's been happening is they've been crowning people that are very forgettable, mm-hmm. um, which in the early mm-hmm. stages were. That didn't happen, you know. It didn't, but I also wonder if that was a part of, like, this was a whole new brand of the music industry. Mm-hmm. So it's like people were propelled further because it was like nothing else was happening. It's That's sort of true. Like and th- YouTube stars, you know, from back in the day, just very boom, true. immediate success. And now You're it's right. so hard to, You're right. You're right. to become a memorable YouTube star. You're right. But – but I don't know. I, I I just don't. I it might be on part of the show, and it might be on part of like the change of the industry. But yeah, I mean, like the first few winners, like everybody listens to them now. Like it's really hard for me to re- even remember that Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson came from American Idol, right? Because winning it does not seem like a big deal anymore. No. It's like it does not make your dreams come true. Maybe you get a hit single on the radio for six months and no one hears from you again. Yeah, Chris Allen. Exactly. That's <laughs> actually the person I was thinking of when I said that. I was like, well, Chris Allen, you had a you had a good one in you. Good for you, Chris Allen, but no. Sorry. Man, I used to love that song. I used to listen to that song all the time. We all did. We all did. It kind of sounds like the script a little bit, doesn't it? I'm going to be honest, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I'm not going to try to remind you. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of music, um, a few episodes episodes ago, I said, like, 
basically I have no more like music albums to look forward to in the year because the 1975 released their album and I was like, all right, well, this is it. But I forgot M83 was coming out with a new album. Oh. And it came out on um, this past Friday. Like, and I just happened to look it up. And I was like, how long has this been out? And it had been up for like a few hours, you know? Like, I was like, well, how long have I been missing this? But um, it's awesome. Like, I've listened to it probably six or seven times now, like all the way through. And it is so fun. Like, it's so it's so him, but also so very different. Like, all of his albums are very different from each other but still sound like him, which is, you know, as any good musician should be doing. There's just, there's like a lot of jazzy influence in there, like a lot of 70s stuff, um, a lot more like French is in there. Um, he uses like some 8-bit and like 16-bit video game soundtrack sounds. Very like piano heavy, like through several of the songs. It's like the lead instrument. It's just like, it's very fun music. It's it's called Junk, if anybody wants to go look it up. M83's new album, Junk. Um, it's great. I think everybody should give it a checking out. That's not a word, but I just had to I had to bring it up because I am so happy because <laughs> it's been his last album I think was twenty twelve, so it's been a little while. Um and if you don't think you know M83, anybody listening, you know them because it's the guy. You've definitely who heard did, one of the songs. Yeah, you've heard Midnight City at least 3,000 times. Yeah. Which I might ask is the most, I think in everything that I listen to, it is the most replayable song I have ever heard. Well, like, I can't think of anything that is as replayable as that song is. Like, it could never get old to me, I don't think. I might be eating these words in three years. <laughs> But thus far, it's just like a little magic in the bottle. Little bottle magic. Did you um? Did you watch Animaniacs growing up? And did you see it's all on Netflix? I did not see it's all. On. I did watch it. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think I'd watch it though. Now at this point in my life. That's another one of those like lonely Friday activities. I think. Ooh. I feel like I would just like put it on and not be able to stop so i was like oh thank you netflix thank you for putting that up just uh just another little enabler little inhibition for mathis <laughs> do you want to talk about your uh thingy bobby i do okay um so earlier this week i i got to see dustin destin cretin talk um uh, he gave like sort of like a talk thing, like Q and A lecture interview sort of thing, where um, where I did a pro a uh, semester long program out here, and Destin Cretton is the writer director of Short Term Twelve, which stars Brie Larson, um, and is a phenomenal movie. Um, John loves it. I love it. It's actually inspired like several things that I've like written and made so at the beginning of the week I just got this email you know it was like hey do you want to come see him and I was like oh my god like this yes yeah I was like this is my guy 
I I love him, and I went and I went and listened to him talk, and he's exactly everything that I wanted him to be. Like he's such a great person, um, and he's one of those people who's very like silent funny. So he'll like he'll make a very like just subtle joke, and like the room will erupt, and he's just like kind of smirking at his own joke, and he just waits for everybody to stop laughing. <laughs> like it's just. And it's all just so circumstantially funny. Like, he's talking about, you know, his career and how things happened with his films. And people are asking about Short Term 12, and he's, like, answering questions about it. And it's just, there's just so many funny things about it all. Um, but what I, what I really loved about him talking about being a filmmaker is how organic everything sounds as an artist to him. He was talking about how... You know, like when you when you finish, like when you enter adulthood and you want to become a filmmaker, um, everybody talks about how competitive and how intense this industry is. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is so challenging to be a part of that world. And he was like, he was like, I've never felt like that. I've never experienced that, and I've never felt like that. And he was saying that the reason is that. Filmmaking was always just something he wanted to do. It didn't have to make him money and it didn't have to get him anywhere. He just had to like do it because he loved it so much. And it, he grew up never thinking that he would be a filmmaker. He it just like he just happened upon it and he was like this is really fun and he just kept doing it because it was fun. Um and he talks about how um coming back to like that organic element like, you know, people were asking him about writing and directing, you know, they're like, well, when do you know when, when like a screenplay is done? And he's like, you just, you just feel it. Like Mm -hmm. you read it and you go like, this made me feel something. And then if you show it to like a handful of close friends and they all say that they're feeling something, you've pretty much reached the end. And I don't know at what point, I don't know at what point that is for each story that I write, but once it hits that point, it's sort of like all oh, it's all just simple like do you want to do it this way or do you want to do it that way once you get into the rewrites? It's like it's like it's hard to say whether you could make it any better once you've gotten to that point. Right. And then the other like really interesting thing was that <laughs> at one point, um, he was like, I'm not a good director. Like I'm <laughs> And he was making a joke about it because by the industry standard, he is not a good director. Like he doesn't, he doesn't act like one with his actors is kind of what I was gathering. And he was saying like, you just have to learn how to, how to talk to these people, these actors, and you just have to walk them through it to, to get where you want them to be. And that's all that I could tell you as as a director. And what I thought was really cool is that at one point he's talking about getting those really emotionally powerful scenes in short term 12. And he's like, if you were feeling it, just know that I was behind the camera and I was feeling about 10 times harder than you were. If you ever felt emotionally impacted by a scene in short term 12, I'm behind the camera weeping. I promise you. And I was like, that's really cool. Like that was just, it's just, it's just about him trying to translate 
that feeling as authentically as he can and and it was all just a feeling to him um and he was saying how as he was getting into filmmaking i mean obviously it's a little different now because people know who he is but as he was getting into filmmaking uh and he was like self-funding all these little short films um and his first feature he would he would go into the project with the mindset of the worst possible case scenario that could come out of making that film and if that worst case possible scenario did happen and and he still would have been happy that he made the film then he knows he's doing the right thing and he makes it and he's like i've just applied that to my entire career like you can't get caught up on what anything's going to become right you just have to love doing it so much and he's like i'm not saying that this is going to make you famous or that you know you're going to be working for a studio one day he's just saying like this is this is how you like keep filmmaking without being let down by it and you know he was talking about all the rejections of his like films from festivals like um short term 12 you know at one point he's talking about it and he's like um i i felt so good about it and you know me and my editor were sitting in the room you know we've been together for months and i was like this feels perfect and he submitted it to sundance and at this point, for years, he's been submitting things to Sundance that haven't gotten in. Like, he tried to get into their script writing program when he was trying to write Short Term 12 as a feature. And they denied him four times, I think he said. And he kept entering, and they denied him. And he was had entered short films in the past, and he felt so good. Like, Short Term 12 was the one, and they denied it. And he was like, I thought I did a, I thought I did a good job. Like, I thought that everything, everything was perfect at least as far as that feeling goes and his editor was like fuck them mm -hmm. i know it's a good movie right and and then shortly after that they got into south by southwest and they won like two of the biggest awards and and now it's i mean it's a pretty big deal at least for on a movie lovers right uh, you know perspective like people who love movies have heard of this movie and a lot of them have seen the movie and he's uh he talked vaguely about the other two films he has uh in pre-production or one's in pre-production and one's in development and the his newest one is um an adaptation that Brie Larson is also the lead in and so he talked a little bit about he talked a little bit about writing an adaptation and um he talked about how hard it is and he like held up his hands and they were about like a foot apart and he was like if this is a book and he like moved his hands all the way together, like just a little bit apart. And he, he was like, that's how much goes in a movie from a book. Like it is such a minuscule amount of the book and coming back to adaptations. This is what I was uh, referencing earlier when you were talking about adapting things. He, he said like, when you're, when you're doing a screenplay for a movie of a book, you need to like, you need to decide when you're picking what of the story is in there, like what is authentically spiritually true of the material and what is, what is uh textbook true of the material. So like 
well, if you get all the events in there, if you like get every beat that everybody who is a fan of it wants to see, is it going to be so authentic or so unauthentic because it is losing the spirituality of it because you know things aren't breathing or things don't move correctly because you have just tried to give everybody exactly what they wanted. He's like, once you get to like that certain point at the end of the process, it's about like this has to be emotionally authentic and and true to the material in that way. And that's that was just a really cool way to put it because I've, I've always kind of felt that way about adaptations without being able to say it in that way. Mm -hmm. And, and he's so right. Like when people are always, you know, making that argument of like, Oh, the book's better than the movie because they left everything out in the movie. Like that is the go-to crutch of an argument right. when people say things like that. And I don't think they realize how incredibly difficult it is to get a, a book to even make sense in a two-hour movie like and to actually feel like that book the most important thing you know that he was saying is that it has to feel like that book and it you know it's not it's not about like oh well this is supposed to happen and then this happens when people who are a fan of the book and they watch the movie it's like this feels like a good companion to the book and i don't know that was cool. That's just a little bit about the experience. It was. It sounds really cool. It was really fun. Yeah, it was especially it was for really good. an aspiring filmmaker. So. Yeah, and I mean, it is like it is probably the most inspirational film, of like my, of me as a for me as a filmmaker in the past like five years. Like it's probably the most like, it inspires me to be a filmmaker. Good. More than anything that I've seen in a while, but. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool. Like I said earlier, it was a really stressful week, but some really cool things happened. I saw him speak, and the new Star Wars trailer came out, and, and it was great. Yeah. It was still a great weekend, you know? But yeah, it was it was quite awesome. It does sound awesome. I'm happy you got to see him. Do you, do you want to go into emails? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Um... We only got one email this week, guys. Kind of a bummer. But it's okay. We got one, you know? But it's okay, yeah. I'm not upset that we that we got one. I, I'd be upset if we got none. That right. would be really sad. Right. And it's a juicy email. So from, juicy. From John's friend, Stephanie. She really, uh, she loaded it up with a really interesting topic. She always she, does. Always does. She does, yeah. She's about to take this... This crazy train off the rails. She she sure is. And I respect okay. that. And I respect that. <laughs> I'll respect that. I respect, I respect that, it. that, girl. You should you should read it since I just rambled for like minutes on end. Okay. Um should I just summarize it or do you want me to read it? Mm, you can summarize it. Um so pretty much what Stephanie was saying is she was binging three of our last episodes. Um and she heard when we talked about conspiracy theories and I've, I've talked about some with her before. Um, and she was saying that her and one of our other friends, Megan, who um, is over in New Zealand as well, that they kind of went down a rabbit hole looking up conspiracy theories. We've uh, all done it. We all do. <laughs> we all do. Um, but specifically about nine 11, which is what her email is about. Um, she, um, sent us two videos 
to kind of just give like give like an overview of what the conspiracy of nine eleven is, um, and then pretty much asked what we think of the conspiracy, and then what are the implications, which I think are huge. If <laughs> honestly though, if if nine eleven is a conspiracy, the implications of that are so so huge. Um, and I mean, me and Mathis were kind of we were texting about it earlier, and we were like. We don't want to sound crazy, but we also only like half think this is true, you know. Um, so the way that the way that I always start when I talk about the nine eleven conspiracy theory with people, the way that I always start is like, I'm just gonna say that if we found out that this was true, I would not be surprised. Right. That's yeah. how much I believe it. You know, it's like I'm not saying it's I'm not saying this is what I believe, but if it happened, I'd be like, yep, I get this it. Is bad. Yeah. Um, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, go for it. Um, I honestly had not thought about it all too much. Um, but I can totally get behind this conspiracy. (laughs) I really can. (laughs) Um, I think in the two videos that she sent, I would say one of their biggest arguments, um, there was one where they said that. There was actually three buildings. There was, um, it's oh, called that's it's called Building Seven, or I don't know if it's actually a part of the World Trade Center buildings. No, I think it's Tower Seven, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So essentially, it's right by the World Trade Centers. Um, but I never remember hearing about this tower at all. Do you? No, but I've looked into this conspiracy theory a few times, and that's oh, this is always the detail that I'm like. That's weird. It is weird. Um, and honestly, I, from what I remember from the video, they were saying that this building housed a lot of like financial things. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, on the government. Um, and I think the government was actually being looked into, into um, some type of – do you remember for what? Not exactly. But pretty much they were saying that you know when the towers were hit, you know, this – this building really didn't get that much damage um, and that it fell essentially. And that that was the first building they cleaned up and they cleaned it up so quickly and really no one heard anything else about it. So like all of that stuff that was in the building was gone and white. Right. They gathered no evidence of that building. Right. Um, Which suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also think that just, how the buildings fell, like the two towers, they fell so perfectly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, they both fell so, so perfectly. Um, and I remember seeing that, um, or reading, that it would take one of those buildings a lot more than, like, 24 hours to fall down with, like, that amount of damage and fire. Um, and that they fell kind of really, really quick. I get though that there was like a plane and it probably took out a lot of its, um, whatever the beams are and whatever, but it fell like, I feel like those, it wouldn't have fallen down like that. It would have fallen kind of like the top half would have fallen off and some would have remained, but they both just fell and like, it just, it seems, it does seem like kind of a a detonation type of thing, um, or an implosion. Yeah. Um, and also, I thought in the video, they were talked about the Pentagon and how there's no video mm-hmm. of the plane mm-hmm. actually going in there. 
And I thought and there was some there was some stuff going on in that department of the Pentagon. That's what they say. That, but yeah. And I thought it was interesting that they were saying how like none of these planes like got shot down or anything and how they, you know, the government knew of these planes cuz they, you know, had gotten radio from that they were um taken over by terrorists, but that no one ever went to to you know, no like fighter pilots or anything went to go take them down knowing I, I hadn't thought about that was that in the videos something like that yeah <laughs> it was something along uh, those lines yeah, yeah, that that's like true. nothing like they didn't try to stop anything from happening and here's the thing oh another thing though there was a, a news video where they said the bbc reported that the building seven oh my god yeah that it was um that it fell before it fell and they even the buildings even in the background of the video <laughs> yep I bet someone was just like, um, Denise, um, turn around. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, she's like, oh. Um, and they broadcasted that like 15 minutes before that building fell or something. Yeah. And also I thought what was interesting in the video, they said how they immediately somehow knew all of the details. Like within like the same day, they were yeah. like, Osama bin Laden did this. You know, these people are responsible when really that takes a lot of time unless they right. knew ahead of time like that things were going down like that. That takes a lot of investigation and that within like 24 well, hours, they were like, they did it, you know. Right. And I think that the the easiest part to be true about this entire conspiracy theory is that it had nothing to do with Osama bin Laden and they yes. just pinned it on him immediately because it was like somebody who had just begun to emerge as a terrorist figure mm -hmm. in the Middle East. And they were like, we got to put it on somebody. Um, but yeah, continue. I just want to throw that in there. No, that's, that's, I mean, and here's the thing. I, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I do care. <laughs> I mean, if it's true or not, but I, I'm not going to be like one of those crazy guys at the donut shops. That's going to sit there and talk to all the kids. Um, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that happened to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's happened to me too oh my gosh it's terrifying um but let's vow to never be that guy <laughs> i know right but the implications of, i was talking to stephanie about this because we talked about this before um we were saying that like if this is true and that our government could do this like it's just so so terrible that like that is what our country could have come to you know, mm -hmm. that we are so not even narcissistic, but like psychopathic. I don't even know if that's a word, but like we're, we're, we're devoid of emotion that we can just a kill like thousands and thousands of people and then b pin it on someone and then blame them and start wars over it. Like, what does that what does that mean for our country if the, if we are capable of that? And I think we are capable of that. And I think that's what's disturbing. And why people are like, I get how this could be a thing. That's really all I, think, that's really all I have to say about it. I, I, I don't know if it's true. I don't think we'll ever know. Right. <laughs> I, it's a great conspiracy theory, though. It's, it's the most, like, that I have found, it is the most, like, evidence-backed conspiracy theory that I have ever heard. Those buildings. Mm -mm. Right. And then just like a few details that John didn't say. Um, there, W. Bush says that he saw footage of the planes crashing, like when he did not, yeah. whenever right. he was asked by a child. Um, 
because he wasn't near a TV and there was only one video of the plane and nobody saw it for like. See, I'm wondering it, though if he thought like the second plane was the first plane and kind of misspoke. Maybe. Which, maybe. But keep going. And then the the fourth plane, United ninety three, or I guess it's Flight ninety three. Mm. The f- movie was called United ninety three. <laughs> that um, so that is that's the whole story of like the passengers heroically yes. overthrew the terrorist, and like the plane didn't get where it was going because they oh, crashed. They sacrificed yes. their lives. Yes, but keep going. When it keep going. <laughs> when it when it crashed, if you look at like the. Mm-hmm. If you look at the photos of it and the farmers who lived in that area, they said it it was not a plane crash. It was like a hole with debris in it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing about it looked like a plane crash. And there were no and body the, parts, no blood. Yeah, there was no bodies, there was no blood, and none of it was reported, so nobody really knows. Like nobody saw anything about it. They just know the the heroic story of it. Um, and then, like you were saying, the Pentagon, there's no video footage of that plane wreck. And you know just, that there's cameras all over the Pentagon. <laughs> like Right. There was that one released footage that they showed in but it the didn't video even, that Stephanie sent us. Yeah, and, but they didn't even show the plane. It, like, skipped ahead right. to it, the explosion. Right. So maybe it's just an explosion, which is terrible. We on to you, um, government. Yeah, exactly. We're going to figure this out. I got my um, notebook and my pen and my sunglasses. <laughs> what's crazy is that I was actually just talking about this conspiracy with some people at work, like – Two days before Stephanie sent us the email. So when it came in, I was like, that's weird. Um, but what they were saying, I think they think I'm a little crazy now. Well, but what they were saying was like big buildings like the Twin Towers are designed to self-collapse so that they don't destroy the rest of the city if anything was to ever happen to them. And I was like, okay, that might be true. That is a very good possibility mm-hmm. because we, we've never seen a skyscraper that big collapse as well. That's so like, true. If anything ever happened to one of them and it did start coming down, we'd be like, all right, well, that is that is actually what happens. They are designed that way. But I still sort of feel like that whole buildings don't fall that way when planes hit the top of them. Like, Right. Like, like there is a good chance that um, that the buildings are built that way. But then you get back to the whole Tower 7 problem where nothing hits it and it falls the exact same way, like it's like the, in soccer the when they just get tapped and all the players fall down. That's Building Seven, <laughs> <laughs> or if they're not even hit, they act like Tower Seven's been playing too much FIFA over there. Come like, on, now. get it together, Building Seven on the ground. But red card um, on a yeah exactly <laughs> on a on a very serious note. If this if this ever leaked out that this really did happen, I would be so heartbroken for our nation because. It would, it would be so so terrible for it to be true. Like, how do you come back from that? This like, you it's House of Cards done a great level, disservice. You know? exactly. It is which we all kind of know is kind of true. Like we know our government's right. corrupt in that way, but this is like, like psycho murder. You know, like right. And it's making if, a murder, but government style. <laughs> even if, um, even if. The U.S. government did not plan those planes to hit the two towers. If that did not happen, like, there is a layer of cover-up here that is... There is. You know, like, it doesn't even have to be, like, the United States murdered people. Like, that is not, like... That alone... That alone is not the only problem with the conspiracy theory. It's, like, 
the fact that there's just so many things about how the things happened that feel untrue. Yeah. You know? And it's... There was something else I was going to say with this, and I can't remember what it is, but... That's okay. I, I feel like we've we've given enough yeah. where we don't sound crazy. Yeah, I mean... It's just... Yeah, it's just so fascinating, and like we said on whichever episode Stephanie was listening to, like... Conspiracy theories are very hard for both of us to hear because when we hear them, yes. like that's the truth. We that's what happened. I like, believe look it. At all the yeah. evidence. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that I was going to say was in the videos they talk about the commission put together to investigate the terrorist yes. attack, and it's all underfunded. Oh my and then like people start like dying, and people are like falling out of that commission, and there's people giving quotes like. There was dirty business going on there, and mm -hmm. it's all just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't want to know. I feel like there, there are things to the – if this isn't real, then I'm going to sound crazy, but I think that there are things – like, if this is not how it happened, I do think there are other things of this caliber that the government has hidden from, like, the American public yeah. for, like, for decades upon decades upon decades. Decades and decades and decades. And I think at this point, if any of it was to leak, it would just be catastrophic. Like, things would be mm -hmm. so bad. At this point, it's almost like it's better that we don't know. It's almost better to be plugged into the Matrix, you know, than to be awoken to everything that is terrible. Yeah, but it really is, unfortunately. That's kind of how the truth goes, usually. Mm-hmm. The truth hurts. Um, the second part of Stephanie's question was more lighthearted. It was kind of what's our guilty pleasure show. She said hers is supernatural, um, even though she knows it's not great. Um, <laughs> it was great for a while. Um, but kind of what our, <laughs> what our guilty pleasure shows are there. I have one that first came to my mind. Do you have one? Was it the flash? No, that's not, I mean, that is a, I, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's a pleasure. <laughs> Come on now. Right. So I'm trying to like This is one the, that like if people heard it, they'd be like they judge you a little. But you still right. watch it. Like Real Housewives, like I don't watch that, but that would be like a guilty pleasure type show. Okay, that's a good way to define it. Yeah. If people heard it, they would judge you a little. Right. I'm gonna sound so pompous, but I don't think I have anything. Like I'm famous for saying I don't even watch what I do like because I watch <laughs> so few T V shows that I'm like behind on things that I actually do like watching yeah so it's sort of like when i do have time to watch tv i kind of like jump into into those few things that i'm like eons behind and i've been trying to think of something that like would would certainly sound uh would get a judgy response is what i'm trying to say i can't i can't think of anything Mine's like can you think of anything i watched when we were in college that like no you judged me for well, no. Uh, no, you don't really watch the trashy shows, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one. Well, a, you, you, did, a, a, you didn't have time. Yeah, exactly, right? You were in the Becker Hall for, like, days. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I know mine. Okay, spill it. Do, I'm not can you guess you. it, you think? Uh... I bet you could if you thought about it. Keeping up with the Kardashians? You got it. 
You know yeah. me. You know me. Well, there's been a few times where you've talked about it in this really passionate way, and it's I try not to judge you. Well, here's the thing. Say what you want about them as people. The show is so interesting because they're all right. such characters. Right. And That's true. Like, they're just so entertaining. Um, I really don't have much to say about it, but, but <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoy watching it every single time. So, are you have you watched all of it? Like you're caught up uh, on it? And... I mean, uh, it's it always gets recorded if it's new, and then sometimes I like watch it, sometimes I don't, sometimes I fast forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like one where I'm like tuning in with popcorn every week, but um, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean. I'm a Chloe fan. Chloe's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I think I think I have more guilty pleasure movies, but right now I can't think of any of those either. But I'll turn on a movie knowing I'm not going to get something good sometimes. Yeah. Or like, not something great, just something like kind of funny or... Right. But I mean... Yeah, but even... I honestly don't... throw one in for that. Yeah. That's okay. You're just a better person. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> no, see, that's what—that's how I was afraid Mathis, it was going to come it's across. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid people are going to like. We get it. Or I'm going to get alienated when they listen to this. Yeah, we're They're just going to be like, "Wow, he's so it's okay much better than all of us." We're just going to talk not... about you at the popular table tomorrow. It's fine. John. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but thanks, Stephanie. You always you always know good questions to ask us. You're always you're always in it to win it. Yeah. This was a, a super good email. If we were gonna get one email this week, this was this it. is the type of email. Stephanie never lets us down. So thank you, Stephanie, for listening. God bless. God bless, Stephanie. Bless up. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? Nope. <laughs> Do you watch DJ Khaled's Snapchat story? No, but I feel like that's your guilty pleasure. <laughs> Oh my god, we just discovered it. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm sure that at least half the people who He was on uh the Hollywood Medium with Tyler Henry last week. Oh, really? Yeah, you should try to uh YouTube it. He had a really good reading. <laughs> he had a really good reading, so You know, I don't I don't know if it's the type of thing that I want to see him outside of Snapchat though. Like Oh, really? Sometimes I just watch his Snapchat and he's just he is it's kind of like keeping up with the Kardashians because he's such a character. Like, he's just he at least once a day he like comes up with a, with a catchphrase and he says it a few times on his Snapchat story like throughout the day. And he's got like all these little catchphrases like major key alert and bless up and major key alert is whenever he's going to give you a piece of life advice. That's what he's saying. We need to think of these for our podcast. That's what we need to do. <laughs> we need to think of catchphrases. Yeah. Yeah, they went, then I wouldn't have to quote them to you. I wouldn't have to go bless up. I could just go <laughs> Jafiel, and then it would be Jafiel's definitely one of ours together. It is, yeah. But that's kind of like our amen, so we got to use that one. Jafiel, yeah. Yeah. Can I get a Jafiel? That's very different. <laughs> <laughs> well? I feel like you had a, a point you, had to, you were going to no, go with there. I just, I've never said Jafiel it. like that. That's true. Can I get a? That's always I, me. I always say it like at the end of a sentence. Like, yeah, have you heard Jaffiel. about the nine eleven conspiracy? I, I believe it. Do you, Jafiel? <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, maybe that's just me. Or, that definitely is just me. I accept you. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> An orange peanut? For me? For me? Wow. Well, I accept you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the the Twitter video that we've been posting, well, that you've been posting? Um, right, yeah. The one where we do, uh, it's kind of good, kind of bad. Uh-huh. Me, uh, when I was talking to Steph, because when... When we were in grad school and that video came out, which if you guys haven't seen it, just YouTube Crest Halloween video. And it is. It's amazing. Like, we watched it, not, like, no joking, like, dozens of times a day. Because it's just so, and we, and me and Stephanie watched it when I was Skyping with her last. And it was, it's still, it holds up. I haven't watched it in so long. Oh, gosh. It's It's so good, though. I threw up. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay I, I remember the, the first time you showed it to me i remember us sitting down and like watching it a few times in a row uh-huh. and it was just oh my gosh it's so good so everyone should watch it's it's your day will be yes, hashtag blessed jaffiel <laughs> can i get a jaffiel <laughs> don't say it that way i was totally wrong <laughs> abandon my idea walk away walk away <laughs> Um, well, do we want to quickly go into our, uh, our spiritual? Yeah. Let's do a quick one. We'll do like a 20 minute spiritual one. Right. Okay. Um, so we had, we were, you know, collaborating and we thought it would, well, actually, I don't remember how it came up. Did I say? I think I did. You said you wanted to talk about it, um, and I said Jafiel. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> to talk about worship, and not like saw like uh, like churchy worship. Not like I feel when I said worship, I thought of like people like bowing before like this golden statue. Um, Honestly, every time <laughs> I say it, that's what I think of. It is kind of a weird thing. No, I've never it's thought about it like word. that, but it definitely yeah. has a weird. It is a weird it's got word. weird aftertaste. Um, oh yes, um, <laughs> but in regards to like the Christian church worship, um, and I I was bringing it up because even though I don't really I don't relate to Christian church anymore, whenever I hear certain songs from my past in the Christian church, I still sometimes depending on the song, not all of them. But certain songs still make me feel something, like, so real. (laughs) Like, it's so interesting to me how certain songs, like, really speak to you in a certain way. Um, Right. And, I mean, there's a lot of crap Christian music. A lot, a lot of crap Christian music. Um, But I have, there's probably, like, a handful of songs that I still, even on my Spotify playlist, I like go back to and I put on repeat just because mm-hmm. I still really, really like them. And um, sometimes I come across newer ones, but um, it's rare. But I was, yeah. So what do you think about those? I'm at such an interesting place with worship now because it's become so much less, but so much better. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I used to feel like, well, if you're not singing, you're not doing this right. So, like, I always sang. And and then I went through a period of time where I never sang. Like, I didn't want to sing. And I just, like, read the words, and I was like, this isn't real for me today. And now I'm 
I'm at this, I'm really happy actually with where I am spiritually with when I am in a church or in some sort of like small group setting and somebody wants to do worshipful uh, music, I, I feel really happy with where I'm at. If if it's not resonating to me, then I usually, I'll just like read along and I'll, um, I'll respect everybody else's space for that, you know, like I'm not going to like have like this grumpy cat face mm-hmm. where I'm just like looking around the room like, I hate you all. Shaking, but, you're shaking your head like Mm-mm. exactly. Mm-mm. I'm just like flipping the bird to like the slideshow. <laughs> Get that song out of here. It's it's not like boo that. boo. <laughs> I just imagine like people I know listening to this and their eyes just like like popping out of their heads with what I just said. Uh-huh. But that's not what I do, so nobody worry. Um. But because when when I do hear words that resonate and I do start singing, because I'm like tuning in for what for what does touch me, it is it's very enriching. Like those songs are better because I'm not on autopilot. Like I'm actually trying to I'm trying to go connect. I'm trying exactly. I'm trying to connect. And if it doesn't connect, then I'm I'm not gonna force it to connect i'm not gonna play along with it um and i love that um i I just really like that i can feel comfortable now doing that i um i was in a small group uh meeting with a handful of people probably like a month and a half ago and one of them is a filmmaker and he was saying that music in in regards to spirituality is so awesome and so great because music has this way of like ringing like like when you hit one of those little tuner bars and they just kind of like hum and ring and they just keep going for a long time Mm -hmm. he was saying that your soul is kind of like that when it comes to music with any music like it has this way of just like resounding and bouncing off the walls of like your inner like spiritual carcass, you know, it's just like ding, 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 like all over the place in there. So whenever it's definitely a language that our soul knows and it like, exactly. It speaks back and forth too. I, I totally get that. And I think that that's why the, why the Bible uses that language, like sing a new song and like we get together and we sing and you go to heaven and you sing which when you're reading it all, it's like, that's kind of boring. I don't want to be singing right now. Um, but I, I kind of get more and more why they say things like that, like where they're going with that like language. It's it's a very spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And whenever, whenever, things, whenever things feel uh, bitter, like in your case, um, or – I mean, I, I have bitterness too. I'm not going to try to isolate you with that. But um, when certain things don't make sense, you can sing a song and sort of like be guided to that connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't trust? Don't believe? Don't jump? No. <laughs> I just I feel for the most part. Um, <laughs> I mean, I definitely think music is – it's definitely one of those things that connects me to the divine, um, for sure. Right. Um, I know for me, well, I, that would be taking it in a whole different direction. So 
Is there anything else you wanted to say on it? You don't want to say what you're thinking? Or no, you're I can saying... say. I just didn't want to like take it off from where you were. No, no, I think you should go. I can't think of anything at the moment that comes to mind. Um, well, I was just going to say, like, when it comes to, like, worship songs in regards to, like, Christianity, I know for me it got to a point where I was actually reading the words and not just, like, singing them out of... Um, mm-hmm. repetition, but I was really looking at the words and seeing if I actually believed what I was singing. And I think that's right. what ruined a lot of the songs for me is a lot of them are so self-deprecating. Like the one I always right. bring up is like um, the one where it says like, I'm so unworthy, but still you love me. And mm-hmm. I just had such a hard time with that because a, we're telling ourselves that we're not worthy. And for me, I don't, believe that we aren't i think you know if we were made by god then we are made worthy um because god does not make unworthy people sin or not like god does not make unworthy people um right and that's one of the problems i have with the modern christian church is we're so self-deprecating and we we make ourselves feel bad so often like the whole thing is wrapped Mm -hmm. around us being you know sinful terrible people who need you know, redemption. And I think that's really, that's hard for someone with my type of personality where I'm already down on myself. And then to add on, you know, you know, the fact that the divine sees me as less as well. Um, and granted they say that, that God doesn't see you as less, but I mean, that's the tone. Um, right. So, so when I do come across a song that, Oh, I guess I don't know. I that that's kind of what a, another part of the worship I wanted to talk about was the words and how I think we get too caught up in the music of it sometimes that we don't actually listen to the, what we're actually saying. Um, totally, and that's like that's sort of like what I was getting at too, mm-hmm. where like I would just sit there and I would be reading it and I'd be like, "That's not no, I don't think I like that," and I would just wouldn't I wouldn't sing it if it right. you know if it just was not connecting because it was like either that's not where I'm at right now or like that's not what I believe or that's not how I feel about this and when you get like specifically with that song like I'm so unworthy but still you love me I think that there's like I think it's all in the phraseology because because we are made great by God so it's like even if there was any unworthiness there it's it's like gone like, and that's, like, if you fully believe in the evangelical Christianity, like, worldview, it's, like, no, like, you you are you are made great by God. So even, like, singing it in that way is, like, a – it's very, like, a stuck-in-the-past mindset yes. of – of your your salvation it's like right why why are we even talking about this like we're we're children of god aren't we Mm -hmm. so this isn't like an important detail anymore exactly and that's you know and i think that that goes either way whether you believe that we've always been worthy or whether you believe that at one point we were unworthy like that's or that we're always worthy (laughs) that's what i believe Cue the barney music hey i i have a question for you that is going to go a little off the rails. So if okay. if you had something else that you wanted to add, nope. you can go first. Okay. Do you believe in like a brokenness in humanity, like in human nature? 
Um, like there's just like an inherent like need that isn't like met without the spirituality. There is like an eternal mm. like like we kind of mess up in a certain way continuously if we're not conscious of it, just because that is the human condition. Right. Is it? Would you say the same question is whether we're inherently good or inherently bad? Do you think that's a similar uh, question or no? I want to say no, but I'm trying to think of like the other way that I would say it. It's not. It's not. But to me, it's good or broken, or like. Because I. Like perfect or broken, not like good and evil, or good and bad. I mean. Right. Um. Do I think we're broken? Is that was that the question? Do I think that we're right, broken yeah. people? Right. Yeah. Like there. Like there's a default broken nature that has to be like reconciled in everybody. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um. I don't know. I. I don't want to say that there is just because, but I feel like it would almost be crazy to say that there's not some type of brokenness because I know I've felt brokenness. So like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so there must be, <sighs> I don't know. Did you have a, That's okay. did you have a thought on it? No, I was just um, being unworthy reminded me of that, even though it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. And I do, I do believe in like, like that default of like a, a brokenness. Um, but I thought that you might not, so that's why I yeah. asked. And if you did have like a certain like set answer for the time being, like a way that you leaned, I was going to ask you like what you did think about it. So, I mean, it's fine if you don't have an answer. It's a good question. That... That's one I would have to ponder for a bit. I... Right. I sprung you with one, you know? You did. Yes. That was a good my one. Yeah. No, that was your yeah, that was your good, not your B. <laughs> that was your G. Right. You, you're not a B, you're a G. You're a G. Yeah, I think that that does... Be... And the reason well... why I thought of it was because, like the reason for spirituality and the reason for Jesus is because like there's something that has to be, oh, has to be mended I see. sort of thing. Like, no. Yeah. When you phrase it that way, and, that, that right. kind of puts it more in perspective for me. Um, but I, I would say it more open-endedly as well, but like, let's just put it in that eye. Do you yeah. say that? No, I would probably lean more. No. Um, okay. Yeah, because, oh, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That sounded like an inner thought that accidentally became an outer thought. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I don't know if I want to get into this right now. Yeah, I, 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 do have, I do struggle with the idea that someone kind of mends our brokenness like that. Yeah. Um, because, A, I don't, I feel like we say that, you know, Christ does mend our brokenness, but I don't think it actually happens. I think we end up mending our brokenness um, ourselves. Cause, yeah. I see. 
I sort of feel both ways. Like, I think that there's so much self-action that we don't, we feel like we're not supposed to take credit for. But I also feel like there is a certain, uh, there's like a pillar, like implanted, whatever well, you like. And here, with that. And, and here's one of those things where it kind of, it really makes me, if I believe in free will, I kind of have to say that Christ doesn't mend our brokenness, that we have to, because if he mends it, then that's something that goes against our free will. You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those things where, which I found there's actually a lot of examples like that, where it's kind of like if you believe in free will, a lot of these things that we think of, and I, I think about that with like prayer too. Like we we're always like, you know, we say, God, thank you for this day or please help me with this. But really, like, if we do believe in free will, what does that mean for also then our prayer lives? Like, are we, are right. we, are we allowed to thank God for a great day, even though he had no part in it? Um, do we still ask God for things, even though we don't think he actually intervenes? Like, is it, so, I mean, it's kind of, I put it like in that realm where it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and I don't even know what it means. Cause I still find myself even in like my own, like, Life, I find myself saying these phrases that I'm not sure I actually, if I, if I like really um, analyze it, I don't think I would say I believe it, but like in the moment, it feels good to say those types of things. Right. Um, and I think it, re right. it feels good to think that Christ does mend our brokenness. I, th um, but I have not experienced that mending that does not come from myself. And that's really all I can speak to, I guess. And I know a lot of people that would say that Christ did mend their brokenness. And I am not going to demean that and say that that didn't happen. So. I think that a lot of spirituality, like what you just said about, in that moment it feels real. Like, I think that that is so much of everybody's spirituality where it's like, yeah. And I think there's something to it, you know? And I think that's kind of what we were talking about last week in the over analyzing. Like sometimes you yeah. just got to feed into the emotion of it. And I think that even though as like humans, we have to put words to things, but I, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that like those words and how it communicates in our soul into whatever divine thing our soul is connected to. It doesn't mean that it doesn't translate to something else. Like, so it's, even though we say certain words in English, like in our human language, it, I, for me, like, I feel like it translates differently. Like, I feel like whatever divine thing our souls connect to, it understands what we mean by it. Does that make sense? Say that last bit one more time. So like, like I found myself praying sometimes being like, you know, I don't really have the words to say, but I know that you understand saying like to God, like I know, right. I know you get what I'm saying. And I feel like right. it's the same in regards to like, sometimes when we pray things that we don't necessarily, um, if we analyze the sentence, we may not believe, but like God understands our intention behind it or, you know, the divine understands right. what we mean by it. Um, I don't remember why I said that, but that's that was where my thought process went. Well, I I know what you're saying because you were talking about how um you get oh, caught how, in this mindset yes. of overanalyzing things and, and just kind like, of feed into the emotion of it. And I think that's when we right. okay, good. Thank you for Some, bringing me back. 
<laughs> That's what I'm here for. I know. I'm I am the anchor of the show. You know. You are. You are. I I am the Sandra Bullock to your George Clooney, and we're f- floating in space. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's about as far as my spirituality is going right now. Hey, I respect <laughs> that. I respect um, that. What was I going to say, though? I think I think there is – you're always going to hit that point where – and they talk about this in Blue Like Jazz, too, where it's like you can always be explaining something in either of the two directions for God or uh, no God. Like mm-hmm. you can always keep explaining in one direction and – at one point, you're just going to have to stop and say, like, but what What does my heart feel? Because, like, I can, I can progress by thinking about these things, but it only gets you so far. And then you right. have to decide, like, what, what gives you that peace and what, and what do you believe? Right. And you're just going to have to say, like, okay, this is what I believe, and sometimes this is very hard for me to believe, but... Um, this is what feels most real to me in those moments, mm-hmm. those most profound moments. One, th- one thing, I, Pete Holmes, I've brought him up before. I love his podcast. You made it weird. You guys should all listen to it. He said, you like, should. he said one time, like, he was talking about how we kind of always contradict ourselves, and I feel like that's just like a part of, you know, human nature. Like, mm, I feel yep. like we just do that. It's just, you know, we, one week we can believe something and the next we don't. And then the next week we could go back to it. Like we're always in flux and we're such a walking contradiction all the time. And I feel like we just got to embrace it. And, um, I just thought of that as we were talking. Cause obviously if you've listened to it, you know, that, you know, I don't, you blah. anyways, if you listen to Pete Holmes, if you listen to us, if what where are you going with there? Like if you listen to us, I feel like Oh yeah. I absolutely. know I contradict myself when it comes to like spiritual things yeah. sometimes. And it's only because I, we're human and I contradict myself and it happens, but um I just love that he said it cuz I feel like we all know that, but we don't say it right. like that. We kind of judge each other when we contradict, but really it's like, eh, who cares? Um, right. Except for when Donald Trump does it. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> John, don't even bring that shit up. <laughs> JK guys, um, JK law. Um, yeah, I think that that is just a very frank way of putting it. And, and I've read that a few times where it's been like, you know, we're all a contradiction and that's just like, whoa. And then you like, you start looking into people's examples of it and you're just kind of like, they're right, you know, like right. when you when you actually break it down, you're like, yeah, that's actually what that means. And yeah. like you're saying, it's not that that's that's a bad thing. Apparently, it's a very human thing yeah. because everybody's been doing it since five ever, you know, five ever. <laughs> it's a new segment. We're calling five ever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we talk about uh, heaven, we'll call it. The five ever segment. Right. <laughs> see? You see what I did there? I saw what you did there. Um, yeah, I forgot where I, I... I had, like, another quick point with that. Um, oh. Um, not to not to keep going back to the Bible, but I do, like, a lot of stuff in that book. Um, I, I really love David because if you ever, like, read the Psalms or you read... Um, kings or the samuels 
like he will be so different from chapter to chapter like he's so in love with god in like one chapter and then the next chapter he's just like angry and like cursing him and like, screaming like girl i feel you yeah and i just love that i'm like that resonates with everybody right. because you are never just like singing worship songs in church and that's your whole life like you do get drunk and scream at the moon some nights because you are every night yeah all right well i am on a plane i'm gonna come console you because i don't think this is an every night experience it should not be (laughs) clearly i was being very serious (laughs) you're being very david in that moment totally i'm so david but yeah i mean i just i just love how authentic that is because nothing is ever Nothing is ever like, all right, this is the way it is. This is the way we're going to do it. It's set in stone. We're going to keep going this way. Right. And and it comes down to, I mean, it's not even about spirituality. It comes down to every single element of your life. Like, we're constantly wishy and washy mm-hmm. back and forth into two different decisions or uh, beliefs. And I I really appreciate, like, good filmmaking for that because um, – Sometimes they nail it on the head, and I'll even be watching something, and I'll be like, why would this character do that? And the further that I think about it, and the further that the film keeps going, I'm like, they're just, they're a person. Like, they've made such a real person in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter that 20 minutes ago in the film, they were saying this. Like, people say things all the time that they don't commit to, or they don't fully believe in, and... I don't know, just to tie that into something that personally, like, reminds me of, you know, that that glorified contradiction. Mm-hmm. Like, not glorified um, because the world glorifies it, but because I think that... We know what you mean. Yeah, because it's humanity. That's why I say glorified. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a beautifully... Um, I don't know. It's a quality of humanity. All of it. Should we end it? I think so, Space Cowboy. Is that my DJ name? Did we just figure it out? (laughs) Am I Space Cowboy? It's not your DJ name. (laughs) Guys, I'm Space Cowboy. (laughs) You're DJ Clooney. No, thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That we need to go because I, I talk- hate George Clooney. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Let's not get into this. We have to stop. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, uh, brain, shut that, shut that discussion down. Okay. Guys, one day we will talk about this on the podcast. One day. We will have, we will talk about the worst people and George Clooney will come up. Okay. But we're not going to talk about that now. <laughs> that sounds very hateful. Um, that does. We, especially we need to after end this because this is our longest one ever. So. Oh, wow. I'm going to blame it on Rogue One. If they hadn't dropped the trailer this week, this Well, and my, like, hour conversation about my mole. We can blame that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars and the moles. That's what we're blaming in this one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So, send us emails, questions. Um, Should I give the email? H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. That's hello and adieu at gmail.com. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter. I feel like I'm doing an infomercial. <laughs> it's because of the voice you're using. I know. Um, 
And, um, you know, give us a little rate and comment on iTunes, guys. You know, no one has yet. <laughs> Stop sounding bitter, John. <laughs> it's not going to get them to go over there. Guys, I'm not bitter if I'm smiling. Oh. Positive reinforcement. We're right. so glad that you guys are listening. And if you like our podcast, we would love for you to share it with other people. That's a much better way to put it. You're going to be in charge of that from now on. Okay, sounds good. Um, thank you for everyone who has been sending emails. Yes. Thank you for the email this week, Stephanie. Thank you for all the feedback, everybody. Thank you, Stephanie. This was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Okay. Well, Until next week. Yep. Adieu. Adieu. Bye.